is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Today on the podcast, we're joined by AJ Clementine. AJ is a model, digital creator, and transgender advocate who is passionate about sharing her transgender journey to help others going through a similar experience. She has recently published her first book, Girl Transcending, Becoming the Woman I Was Born to Be, sharing her advice, reflections, and snippets of inspiration to help us understand and celebrate what makes each of us unique. Not only those in the LGBTQI plus community, but anyone finding their way in the world. AJ, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. And so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to, to here? Yeah, um, so I just am a person that grew up being very like imaginative and living in like a dream-like state most of my life. And I was very naive as a kid. So when I was navigating the certain points in my life, it was very difficult to grasp what was actually happening to me and what I was, how I was being betrayed and put into a certain box and it just didn't fit right. So it was, I struggled a lot with trying to find anybody who looked or sounded like me in the media. There really wasn't, there wasn't any trans people that I could see. And as a kid, I really struggled with that. And not only that, like I also struggled with my Filipino identity too, like not seeing much of that representation and knowing or just, yeah, just living life as a mixed person as well. And not really having a discussion over that too. So Throughout my teen years, it was a lot of building of strength to try and turn how I felt into something. And if I could use that and make a my own narrative out of it, I thought it could do a whole lot of good because if I had that growing up, it would have changed so much for my childhood and made me feel so much more safe and seen. And you started on YouTube, right? So when you're in high school and you had a really small following and now that's really blown up in the ensuing years, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, YouTube was definitely something that like I loved creating on when I was in high school and just like it was was such a big part of my creativity at that time and just learning how to edit videos and just making crazy videos with my friends. It was just something that I did as a hobby. And from there, I realized I could document something. I could document my story. And I kind of grew a little following from that. But at the end of the day, I was just proud that I was doing something and I was putting my voice out there. And even though there wasn't that much people watching it, I just knew that it would at least make it to reach one person. And it wasn't until TikTok came along and I thought I would just recreate the same narrative in a more short form content. And yeah, I guess it just, it worked and it just hit the right audience straight away and resonated with people. So I guess it kind of went hand in hand together because I, if I didn't 
already start on YouTube and was so focused on all of that kind of content, then I feel like it wouldn't have just easily meshed together when it came to just creating creating similar content, but then on TikTok. Because when you started, there weren't a lot of trans creators telling their stories, right, on on the internet. And I'm sure that had such a big impact on so many people. How do you kind of create those boundaries when you're sharing so much of yourself online? Because I'm sure you've experienced firsthand the internet can be kind of a, a shit place and a great place, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel it's just you learn a lot as you kind of discover and know your limits as a person. And I guess, like I said, like doing YouTube and how I would literally share everything, but no one was really watching it. I kind of felt like I knew that I was doing a bit too much and that Mm. I could take that back a bit. And, you know, I was kind of lucky in that sense that like I put a lot onto my YouTube channel and a lot of those, those videos are privated now, but now it's kind of like that was, for me, like I, I literally documented it so I can look back to it and like refer to it and just know that like that was me in that point in time. But also knowing that like I can take it and do what I want with it and mold it in the kind of way that will protect me and my own energy, my own soul, because at the end of the day, that's where you should put your most importance because there's no point just, you know, exhausting yourself and then just leaving nothing for you to hold on to because it can get a bit too overwhelming and we don't have to always share and unpack all of the things that happen to us and just let our, you know, people pick at like our personal traumas and stuff like that. It's, it's up to us and how we share our narratives. And if you're not ready, then that's fine. And has that been a process of you learning, I guess, like growing up through your journey and just growing up through your teen years? So a lot of it has been in the the public arena. Has there been some sort of things that you've shared and thought that you've you've sort of had to put a barrier between like that's not something I share uh, anymore because I know you share a lot with your your boyfriend Ryan and is that you know are there certain things of your story where you're like I'm not I'm not comfortable sharing that anymore. Um, I guess so, but I feel like in the ways that I share my content, I've kind of added a certain layer that kind of protects me and like my relationship, like, which is why I like to have that whole princess aesthetic and that, you know, the romance around that, because it's romanticizing that aesthetic, but then it kind of takes away from that's not me and my relationship day to day. It's kind of a perfectly put together version and from that it's kind of you know it's more like a bit of a a little bit of a performance and and it's not like you know it's kind of a it's still me and it's still me betraying myself but it's in a way that makes me feel good and allows me to not be like my anxious and kind of self yeah and how long have you guys been dating how long have you been seeing each other um, it's coming to three years now. Okay, awesome. And yeah, I mean, a lot of that has been uh, followed by, you know, your followers and your fans. And has that ever been tricky for you guys to navigate, having sort of a lot of cooks in the kitchen with your relationship, you know, making comments? And I'm sure a lot of them are nice, but I'm sure a lot of them are not so nice as well from the internet. 
Yeah, I guess like, yeah, people have an opinion and everything and they'll yeah. nitpick at every single thing. But um, I guess it's, you know, it's kind of humorous to us. We take a step back and we just kind of analyze it on our own own terms. And I guess also the way that we act online together is kind of someone does comment on that. It's just like, well, that's just us. That's a different version of us. So, yeah. you know, if they're, if they're talking about how cringy I am because I'm acting too much of like a, you know, a cartoon princess, then it's like, you know, that's not me day to day in yeah. my mind. So, um, yeah, if someone finds that annoying, that's just like, that's just on them. And our relationship doesn't hold any weight to, you know, those trolls online. And navigating dating as a trans person, do you have to have that conversation early? I mean, I, I guess that would be really tricky to navigate, right? Yeah, I definitely felt like I came to a point where I wanted to really see it as a sort of positive thing because, you know, you get to a point where it's like, it just feels really exhausting to go over the same motions, but mm. it's kind of like a filter and it filters out people um, that usually have views that weren't really aligned with mine. You know, if someone's against one thing, they usually tick all the other boxes to be every other bad thing yeah. too. So if someone's showing signs of being, you know, just a little bit transphobic, then they're probably going to be racist, homophobic, everything else. And they're going to be oblivious to it. A lot of the times people don't admit those kind of things to themselves, but, um, and sometimes it's not their fault. It's their subject of their environment, but I realized at the point that I can't be the person to educate them. And I don't really have to entertain that. And that's okay. And you don't have to, because there will be someone else that's willing just to listen to you without their own preconceived notions that they should unpack themselves before agreeing to date you or try and get to know you, which I, you know, I realized that I had to kind of, you know, let that go and just realize I told them that I was trans and, you know, even though that they're accepting about it, they're still kind of on edge about it. And that's not my, my responsibility to try and make them feel better about themselves because of who I am, because that's just not fair. Yeah. And that onus, I guess, has to be on them to be okay with it. You're not out here convincing them like, you know, I'm a woman that is not your job and you wouldn't want to be with someone like that anyway. It's really interesting that you say that about if someone, like there'd be rarely people who were um, transphobic but not racist. Yeah, that you kind of the whole suite of assets there, aren't you? And when mm-hmm. you were, were you, if you don't mind me asking, using dating apps when before you met Ryan and, and you were dating? Um, yeah, definitely. I was like using the t- good old Tinder. Um, the classic. Yeah, the classic. And I use Bumble as well, of course. And yeah, I just feel like I, I know I, I kind of appreciate that era in my life because a part of you know the whole dating culture is like I feel like there's a lot of character building that comes along with it. Mm. And you know, even if you're not actually pursuing something, you're finding the one or like a long term relationship. It's kind of refreshing to just meet lots of different walks of life and just learning a lot about someone else where you can find more about yourself in those situations too, which I definitely did because, you know, there'd be sometimes people just would, you know, have a whole different other outlook and different views. And it really made me think about how much I valued my own views. And I was just so 
important to try and find someone that just made it easy to talk to and didn't question everything about who you are. Yeah, I guess that's the thing we can often get in a negative headspace around dating apps because you, you know, you're getting knocked down time and time again and you want to meet someone and going on these dates and you're not. Did did you find that when you were dating and you were really transparent about being trans that you would have people being really rude to you on apps or did you find it was actually quite a positive experience in in meeting people and going on dates? Um, you know, it's like a bit of both. Like yeah. there was a lot of the times I would I would go through how I was really feeling on the app. Sometimes I would have, you know, I'm I'm most of the times I would have that I'm trans in my bio on the dating app just to get it out of, out of the way. Yeah. Um and sometimes, you know, it will still slip through the cracks and guys will refuse to read that. Um and I still would like to reassure them in in conversation before meeting because I feel like that's a very, you know, just for safety precautions and you know sometimes it's just like yeah there's like confusion or they are a bit like hostile towards it and they don't really know what that is or they're just a bit confused by it and I'm and also like around that time as well I was always open around you know the first few dates and just um around seeing people in general with how I felt about my body like I couldn't be internet intimate with somebody and I couldn't do like a hookup kind of moment because yeah. I was pre-op and I, I needed gender confirmation surgery. I was at a point where, you know, all those dates and me trying to force myself to try and be that kind of person, it led to me realizing that I can go on these dates, but I can't do all the other stuff. I can't, you know, I have to wait. And and I realized that that was on my own terms and I had to be upfront about that as well and there'd be lots of confusion around that too sometimes I'd be having like back and forths about arguments oh, on that aside. Oh. <laughs> you know putting trans aside like you know there'd be guys that'd be like oh, I'm fine with you being trans like you know just if I'm fine with it you should be fine with it and it's like um it's not that that's not how it works like <laughs> that's oh. I wish it was that easy but just yeah you know just just because you're fine with a certain body part doesn't mean you know, I can just, I am. I am. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I saw a video that you and Ryan posted recently, and it was, you know, when you're telling someone before a date, Hey, I'm trans. And you're in your head, expecting them to have this really negative response or reaction. And they actually don't like, how close is that to your experience? So you kind of get in your head before you tell someone, you know, if it's on an app or in real life and you're like, they're just not going to want to date me. And then they're like, yeah, I do. You're like, oh, this is this was surprising. How close is that to your experience? Um, yeah, really close. Like, I feel like probably eighty percent of the time, like it was for me, it was reactions that kind of made me instantly lose interest. Like, a part of that is like, you know, if they're not interested and they have their own um, requirement or preference, and you know, I don't really hold me any weight to those situations, but. A lot of the times, like within that 80%, it's like they will instantly switch when they find out and you can just kind of tell that they no longer see you as a person. They see you more as trying to figure out what being trans is and if that's something that changes them and if their sexuality or masculinity is at risk because of it. And with the 20% I've experienced, it was just so refreshing to have, you know, someone just when I tell them 
to just acknowledge it and then continue to want to get to know me at, at, at my core. And that was my experience with Ryan. It was very like that. Like it just, it just felt like I could like just breathe. I was yeah. holding on and it was just like, wow, I don't have to be on edge anymore. And some might say, you know, that is really a level of emotional maturity, which a lot of people, and I don't know, you know, who, what kind of age group you were dating, but most people, you know, around our ages just don't have the emotional maturity to even deal with like straight het relationships, let alone get their head around anything outside what they're used to. And what would you say, you know, some of the biggest misconceptions and thoughts people have around dating a trans person? I'm sure there's 44,000, but what are some of the biggest ones? I guess it's definitely the sexual aspect that is is not very acknowledged, but I understand why. And obviously like my first initial like gateway into understanding trans people was porn and like the sex industry. And a lot of my first encounters with dating and all of that kind of culture was being treated like a category in porn. and being being talked to like that and you know being around those ages when I did start my transition 17 18 like it was just so it was so strange to be thrown into that kind of sexual category when I wasn't there yet I was definitely not at that point yet and it was you know I kind of just sat and like you know maybe every other girl has the same experience and they probably do like it's you know women are always sexualized but um I feel like it was yeah it was a lot of certain things I kind of realized it was just literally a fetish to some some guys and that was a huge hurdle where it was just like like I I knew that that added to the flame of trying to unpack it and to re-change the narrative which is helping so much today there's so many wonderful trans women that are breaking those those stereotypes but um yeah it's definitely still there and I feel like that was mostly because of the older generations and that's all they really they knew of trans people was that kind of hard to weed out is there that fetish fetishization sorry around trans people still when it comes to dating yeah I mean like my my trans friends who are still in like the dating scene, like yeah. they still have moments where it's like they get asked if you know trans is the same as like ladyboy cultural or oh. anything that's like around that kind of mentality. And it's just like, yeah, it's just it's so frustrating because like as far as we've we've come, it's like there's still people that hold on to what they're they're known for such a long time. And they just don't want to educate. Like we wish have so many like resources now, but um, they choose to stick to what they know. And I guess it's also because it's maybe like a sense of validation for them because they've gotten so used to seeing trans people in that kind of light, which is just awful. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it is, is changing. Or that I guess a lot of people would pass it off as a joke. I mean, I'm sure you would just get so sick of being the butt of jokes where after a while you're like, actually, that's not funny. That's 
that's not funny. I don't, that's not, I'm not going to let that slide. And I guess in the dating scene, a lot of the times things are passed off as jokes when you're getting to know someone, ha ha ha, I'm just bonding. But yeah, making those jokes, whether that's about, you know, lady boy or whatever they're saying, it's just not funny that we're not, it's not something that we're going to pass off anymore. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's not much of a, a boundary when it comes to when people do talk and add trans people into a conversation just because mm. how we've been treated in media. Um, Cause like, yeah, like you said, like we were the butt of the joke in all of the, the movies and films and TV mm. shows. We were the villain. We were the sex worker. Um, mm. We were literally all of these stereotypes that we're still trying to shake today. So you kind of adds this, this layer to people being like, you know, maybe they're just less of a human. So we can, make these certain comments about them or we can debate we can be the cis people making decisions on whether they have rights and stuff you know and is that something that you cover off in your new book you do talk about um what it's been like for you especially around meeting people yeah definitely I feel like the the book is as much as it's like a part of my life and journey it is a guide as well a guide through those different moments in my life and how I dealt with those and how I overcame those certain, you know, like internalized transphobia, internalized racism towards my own culture and all those kind of things, which really did shape who I am today. And I feel like there's a lot of juice there for the reader to also, no matter what they're kind of dealing with, to also realize that like there's, you know, there's so much more to us and we're so much more complex and we don't have to figure everything out like overnight and there's lots of resources as well like I I didn't make sure that there's lots of different um parts of the book that you can research outside of the book as well and where can our listeners pick up the book it's out Monday isn't it mm-hmm yeah yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah so it's out next week and it'll be available um, online at like Booktopia, be in Kmart, it'll be in just most stores. Um, yeah, so I'm just really excited. Awesome. And where can our listeners find you, AJ? Um, I'm just at AJ Clementine across TikTok and Instagram. All the platforms. Yes, all the platforms. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks so much, AJ. Thank you for having me.